2: Welcome back listeners to part two of this episode of Off Topic Hot Topic. If you haven't already heard it, go back and find the first half of this episode where Paul and myself had discussed all the news that's happened in the last couple of months in relation to TV and the entertainment world. Now, though, look forward to an hour and a half-ish of us talking about what we've been watching with a spoiler review and discussion about Wakanda Forever. That's Black Panther 2 at the end of this episode. Here we go.
1: Off Topic Hot Topic topic, and that's whatever you were talking about for you. Paul, what have you been watching? So, I've been watching a lot of movies. Um, I can tell with the list you sent me. Yeah, uh, and that's not even a quarter of what I've been watching because it was the Adelaide Film Festival um, over the last couple of weeks and I watched a lot. Um, but I don't want to go through everything. Um, I'll give you two highlights. Um So the first one is a film that was actually produced by the um, Adelaide Film Festival um, called Monolith uh, that my co-host on the Swapcast podcast, Brendan, he was in the crew for. So Mm. um, I thought I'd uh, go and support him and went to the premiere. Um, Monolith is a film um, set in one location with one actress. Um, She's a podcaster. Uh, in the film and, uh, is investigating a, uh, creepy kind of mystery, um, and interviewing people on her podcast and, uh, then becomes embroiled in the mystery herself. Um, it's a really well, um, well done film, well acted, uh, knows its limitations. I think a lot of the times with low budget features, sometimes their reach is a bit too much and that's where they can falter. Whereas this knows what they have in their arsenal and really um, uses it well. So um, I, I'm i hoping this film will get a big release. It deserves a big release. Um, and uh, the, the main actress, she's a Melbourne actress um, and she's going to be in... Um, the new Evil Dead movie. So oh, cool. um, hopefully that will give it a bit of a uh, traction. So um, Monolith, look out for that one.
2: You know what might happen? The, I can see these things sometimes where, um, like let's say that that new Evil Dead movie takes off and that actor suddenly you know has a profile. Mm-hmm. Then they go back and go, oh, there was that thing they were in. They should release that. It's like what happened with... Chris Hemsworth and Cabin in the Woods that thing was shelved mm. for ages and then once he became Thor and people gave a shit about Chris Hemsworth oh let's put Cabin in the Woods out so that that's a scenario that might happen if it doesn't get an initial release too
1: yeah um, so the other one I want to highlight is a film that is going to get a big release uh, I think next or at the end of this month or next month Um, And that's one called Triangle of Sadness. Have you guys heard of this one?
2: No, I have because you told me about it, I think.
1: Yeah, so this is uh, Ruben (laughs) Oslin, I think his name is, the director. His uh, previous films were Force Majeure and The Square, um, which were both... Fantastic films. Uh, sorry, so or- he
2: made The Square and now he's making Triangle of Sadness? Yes. Is he going to do <laughs> The Pentagon of Ruin next or something? or It's a political Probably. theory. Really. <laughs> well,
1: actually, apparently his next film is going to be about a plane uh, where uh, on a 15-hour flight where the um, entertainment service on the seats breaks down. So... It's going to be set on a 15-hour flight where no one has anything to entertain themselves with and seeing like society break down on this
0: <laughs> It's the Lord
3: of the Flies, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> flies is spelt uh, with a Y.
1: Yeah. Um, but this film is uh, kind of has similar themes. It's about a bunch of rich people on a yacht. I, I don't really want to ruin it more than that. Uh, I would just say it's a, it's a black comedy uh, there's one sequence in the film that had the entire cinema screaming and covering their eyes because of the gross shit that was happening and it was hilarious. Um, there's one scene uh, that's between a rich Russian millionaire and a woman serving her on the pool deck that is one of the most unforgettable scenes I've ever seen, and like <laughs> as someone that has worked in a customer service capacity, like you feel what's going on in that scene to your bones. Like, um, it yeah, it, it's just so well done, and just you feel how uncomfortable it is. Um, You're just itching in your seat. So this film is fantastic. It it is quite long. It's two and a half hours long, but um, shorter than the new Black Panther. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But this will be, I I think this might be my favorite film of the year. Wow. So um, I would highly recommend watching it when it comes out and catching up on his previous two films, Force Majeure and The Square. Force Majeure was remade, a couple of years ago, with Will Ferrell and Julia louis Drive. Yes, 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 yes. Um, I but didn't watch that version, but didn't watched review the very well. Yeah, the original is fantastic, and the Square also has one of the most unforgettable sequences I've ever seen in a film. So, Wait, um, Force
3: Majeure is that the one about them going skiing? Yeah.
1: Yes. Yeah, and then yeah. he runs away.
2: Doesn't take tries to save yeah. the family when there's an avalanche, or whatever. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and and the Square is like a takedown of the art world, and there's a specific scene about a. Uh, performance artist going to like a um, fundraising dinner and pretending to be a gorilla and it progressively him progressively getting more violent and the people at the dinner not working out where the line is between him being inappropriate and being a performance artist and it's it's a work of genius that scene alone is worth watching so um, another film I saw at the festival was Bros um, but that's now in wide release mm-hmm. um as this is the new film uh by billy eichner which is the first um rom-com centered around a gay couple to be released as a major tentpole release by a mm-hmm. studio unfortunately nobody went and watched it so I it was know. a huge flop
2: um, it's, is it it's out now is it or it's about to be out in, the, in australia finally because uh, so yeah, it didn't no, release at the same time as the States.
1: Yeah, it came out later in the States, but it's been out for weeks now. I don't oh, know weeks. If any, oh, yeah, I don't know if any cinemas are still playing it. Oh. Um, I, th- I think a big part of it is the poster was garbage. It was like two, the backs of two guys holding each other's butts. Like, I get what they were going for, but it's not a poster that people are going to go, I need to watch that film. Because
3: mm. uh, the trailer made it look so good. I was really I excited. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, I think they just screwed the marketing of this thing. Um, But it is so good. It is a top-tier romantic comedy, laughed from beginning to end. And the best thing about it, it's a queer film. Everyone, every single cast member in the film is queer. Um, And you can tell it was written for queer people by queer people. It doesn't pander to straights, but because... Of that, it's funnier and more authentic. Mm-hmm. And I think straight people will find it entertaining as well. But it's not... You know when you just feel when something's not written for the people that it's actually about? Mm-hmm. This is definitely not that. So, if you haven't seen Bros and it's still playing where you are, like go watch it and go support it. It's, it's a real shame because... The way that Hollywood works, they're not going to make this film well, and release it in cinemas ever again. Like,
2: that's that's the problem is it now feels like it will be another five years until something like this is attempted as opposed to being potentially like if it had been a hit, then it mm-hmm. could have been the start of sort of like more of these sorts of things. Yeah. Um. Now it just like it's pushed like ah, no one's gonna go see a gay rom com anymore. Or no one, no one. The audience doesn't want to see a gay rom com until someone finally gets around to trying it again in five years. Basically, it's just that's it sucks that that's the case Mm -hmm. and that it probably is a marketing problem, not a quality of the film problem.
1: Yeah, this could have been the bridesmaids for gay movies.
2: Totally. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely.
1: Um. I also want to highlight a couple of uh, really good uh, streaming movies. Uh, so the first one is one that came out of uh, last month on Disney Plus called Rosaline. Have it, either of you guys seen this one or heard of it? I
2: haven't. It's who is the... Who's the main actress in it? Uh,
1: I've forgotten. It. Kate, Caitlin Denver. Denver? Uh, she was... She just like... Was nominated for the Emmy for something, yeah, <laughs> and it's it in the new Julia Roberts movie as well. It's um, th- about
2: yeah. the character of Rosalind from um, Jul- uh,
0: Romeo, Romeo and Juliet. Juliet. Yeah,
1: yes. So, um, yeah. So this is basically about uh, Rosalind, who was Juliet. Is it Rosalind c- or
0: Rosalind?
2: Because Rosalind's a character in a like a. More than one Shakespeare play. Like Rosalind in As You Like It It could as well. be
1: Rosalind. I'm, mm. I'm bad with my pronunciations, but um, yeah. Oh,
2: and, and I'm not.
1: That wasn't a pronunciation problem. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so uh, Juliet's cousin, uh, she's dating Romeo. Well, kind of secretly dating Romeo. And then he kind of ditches her for Juliet, and then it's about her trying to break up Romeo and Juliet. Hmm. Um, and it's uh, obviously set in, inside the Shakespeare play, but the, the dialogue is very of our time. Um, and it kind of has that A Knight's Tale vibe to it. Ooh, the, the, you got us. You just yeah, got the it's, it's Brothers. It, it's funny how that <laughs> just
2: made just that little bit of my brain just went, what? <laughs> you said Knight's
0: Tale? Yeah. You so
3: like
1: that movie, bro. Um, So, yeah, it's kind of like an um, a rom-com Knight's Tale set in Rom- in the Romeo Juliet universe.
3: Night's Tale uh, is a rom-com. Well, it, it is. No, but, no, no, no. It's a sports movie first.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> okay. Yes. Uh, I would agree with that. So, um, it it's really charming, really fun. Um, it, it it does the Night's Tale thing as well where it's uh, in-universe. They're playing modern songs but in their way. And, mm. um, yeah, it, it's just a, if you want like a light, fun rom-com, uh with really good performances, I would highly recommend this one. What? What's um, it on? Sorry, Disney Plus. Uh, cool. In in America, it's in Hulu. Mm-hmm. Um, Australia, Disney Plus.
2: Cool. Stars. That does sound uh, that. Yeah. You, that is. I'm interested. Put it that way. It sounds cool.
1: Yeah. Um, and the other one I wanted to highlight was a film called Drifting Home on Netflix. Have either of you guys seen this one? No, I haven't heard
2: of it. But we that
3: never said, know the stuff you talk about, Paul, until you I, tell us.
2: I also... It's it's living on Netflix. I honestly just don't even yeah. click on the Netflix app much anymore. Go on.
1: Yeah. Uh, so, this is a new well, anime... Or The Crown. you
2: need to watch The Crown? Sorry, go on. Yeah. Uh,
1: so, this is a new anime film. Um, oh. Yeah. Yeah, and... Uh, I have a bit of a spotty record with the Netflix original animes. Mm. Uh, Some of them have been pretty average. This is the first one where I've watched where I was like, okay, this deserved a theatrical release. Um, uh, So it's about a bunch of kids that go to a um, haunted, abandoned apartment block. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And uh, while they're in there, a giant storm hits And when it passes, they realize that the apartment block is now drifting in the middle of the ocean. Um, And uh, they don't know how it's gotten there, so it's a mystery of, like, why are they suddenly in the middle of the ocean and other, other buildings that they know pass them by and they have to, like get supplies and it becomes kind of like a survival movie, but it's about the relationships with all the kids, um, kind of has that kind of spirited away vibe of like kids in a supernatural situation where they don't know how they got there. Um, and waking out the rules of the universe that they've found themselves in. Um, but yeah, like great characters Beautiful musical score. The animation is stunning. Um, It's yeah. I think it's flown under the radar, um, and I think people really need to discover it. So the animation studio that made it, all their other films were released theatrically. I think the last one they did was Penguin Highway, which I saw in the cinemas. Um, But yeah, so uh, Drifting Home on Netflix. Cool. um, Something I'd highly recommend.
2: Awesome. I I know you're a big IMAX fan. There's no IMAX in South Australia. Did you know there was a release of Evangelion Rebuild 3.0 plus 1.0 at IMAX?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, Friends of ours were, were trying to organize to go and see it. I just could
1: not make it happen. Uh, uh damn.
2: That could have been very cool. Anime Sorry.
1: on the IMAX sounds cool. Doesn't it? Doesn't it? Particularly
2: yeah. Evangelion. Might, maybe I wouldn't know. That might have... No, that actually might have been more incomprehensible. That Some of the action in that film towards the end of that film was <laughs> just yeah, great. Yeah. Um, what else should you been watching?
1: Okay, so... <sighs> there's something I'm going to admit that might get me... Holy uh, shit.
2: <laughs> I can see what's on coming up and I... Oh, yeah. holy shit. Holy yeah. so shit. So, this might this, get me- This coupled like, with your upload opinions, yeah, you're about to be
1: cancelled, mate. Yeah, this might get me cancelled from the gay community. <laughs> and from Australia. And Australia. In um, general.
2: What do you got left, Paul?
1: But, but <laughs> until last week, I had never watched Kath and Kim. Oh,
3: my fucking God. You fucking What?
1: <laughs> <laughs> i don't know why it's never been a thing i watched but until now i had never watched it obviously i you know i was exposed humor is broken. i never, saw before. <laughs> <laughs> I, never I, I was exposed to, it, yeah. to like the famous lines like look at me and all that kind of stuff but, yeah um but this weekend coming there's a new reunion special and my friends were like, let's do a thing. Like, do you want to host it? I'm like, sure. And then I'm like, fuck, I've never actually
2: watched it. Like that. <laughs> 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 oh, that's funny. That's amazing. So I have been I love
3: curious. how they just assume you must, you must have seen all yes. of it. Yes.
1: Because it's always Every
2: Australian has seen it.
1: Yeah. Because it's always been a thing. People would like quote it around me and stuff. And I'm like, oh, ah, yeah, yeah. This you is right? Paul's um, anchor man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, I'm so, just thinking of Jamie and the Simpsons. Yeah, go on. So yeah. basically, I've been furiously um, binging it. I'm up to season four as of oh stop today. Stop, you've stop, stop. You've gone too far. You've gone too far. Well, stop, listen, I've, stop, I've watched stop. the first two episodes of season four and, and turn around. And I was like, go back. Is it just me or is this not good as it's good shit. anymore? Yeah. shit. Because stop. it went
3: to Channel Seven
1: and they were yeah. past it. It's like, but it was- you do
3: what is what is like. You have to watch though. Is the American version of it? It is. <laughs>
0: yeah <laughs> i'm joking um, that's a joke don't do this, yeah. this is I de- that, this yeah. is
3: an arrest development situation
2: there are three seasons and only three seasons okay. any other seasons do not count don't worry about it
1: i okay. so because i was thinking. so was, there's season four and then there seems to be season five seems to be like recap episodes yeah. Just,
2: it, it went to Seas- so it went so for those who don't understand the Kath and kim was on the abc which is like our um bbc our, BBC, it's like our government sort of like public broadcaster, right? Um, cult hit because it got so big, the creators were able to sell the concept of Kath and Kim to a, a commercial station in Channel 7 who then took over and the soul was ripped from the show once it went to Channel 7. Like it is it is a husk of itself. I've tried multiple times to watch season four. It is impossible. Possible to watch? It is so bad. Uh, Just stop watching.
1: So, have you tried like the subsequent seasons? Because, like, I think season five. From the looks of it, looking at the Netflix, season five, I think
2: is mostly just like it's like this is the. It's like not even recaps. It's like. Clip specials, like mm. episodes where the fashion episode, where it just shows them when they do, like, the Melbourne Cup episode or when they're, like, dressed up for the wedding and stuff like that.
1: But then season six seems to be, like, 45-minute episodes. specials. Yeah, they're specials. movies. It's there like were movies, a couple movies. of movies, yeah. which well,
3: Like Kath
2: and Kim Decode and stuff. The Kath and Kim de Code. The Kath Kim Code, I think it is.
1: De the Kath
2: and Kim Code. <laughs> the Kath and Kim Code. Yeah, that's not. It doesn't bad. make any sense.
3: The title, but it's it's pretty good.
1: It's not bad.
2: It was probably where it was. You could tell the show was done. I think it was the last thing that was done with the ABC. Basically, I say
1: is that what you should watch after three? Yeah.
2: I think so. I think that's the one you should watch. Um, and then there was the movie, which Kath I don't and Kim Durella. Th- I I don't think I've actually ever watched. Let me put it this way. If your reason for watching Kath and Kim is to catch up so you can be on top of it for your special watch that you're doing this weekend, you've already done the work. Realistically, the quotable moments, the bits that people give a shit about, have already gone. You've watched them all now. You don't need to watch anymore.
1: Okay. The work is done. it's been consuming my life at the moment is all I do. Like, I dream about Kathy Kim because literally every waking moment I'm watching it at the moment. So,
2: So, A, (laughs) I can't believe you set yourself this ridiculous task. It's fucking hilarious. (laughs) B, as someone who's coming to this mm, 20-odd years after everybody else watched it for the first time, how are you finding it?
0: I
1: like it. (laughs) I'm glad. Yeah, it's good. Like, um... Yeah, I laugh. I laugh quite a bit. Um, yeah, I can see why it's become such a cultural touchstone. Like,
2: uh, I think it's even better on the rewatch.
3: I think
1: yeah, as, as I adult,
2: rewatched it as pardon? an adult,
3: rewatching it as an adult,
1: rewatching as
2: an adult, sure, a bit like the Simpsons. I remember there was mm-hmm. like an age where suddenly heart- the Simpsons jokes I never got as a kid started to make sense. Yeah, um, Kathy Kim's not quite as witty as yeah. the Simpsons can be in the original years, but the. But even just on the rewatch, I start, like I just appreciate some of the early stuff more. Um, I, I adore. It's an, if it's on, if an episode from the first three seasons Kath and Kim is on, I will watch the whole thing and probably watch the next two as well. Like yeah. it is very, very easy watch, and as you said, a cultural touchstone in this country.: Yeah. Um, I'm glad you've finally seen it. Yes <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable.
1: Yeah, so, um, <laughs> in terms of new stuff that I'll be watching... Uh, oh, I will say, just before we move on, I, uh,
2: yeah. I am not anticipating that this reunion special is going to be any good. I agree. Like, oh, yeah. The fact that Channel 7 made the awful season, mm-hmm. and I think they're the ones who are also making this special, mm-hmm. where I, it does not feel like they're doing this out of a, a feeling of, we've got more Kath and Kim to tell, but let's use this opportunity to make some money. Um, which, you know, all power to them, but I don't think it's going to be good.
1: Yeah. Um, well, we'll see. Oh, I, hope I, it's good. I, I hope I'm wrong. The good thing is I'm doing it like with a bunch of friends. So yeah, yeah, shit, it'll be we'll just be able to bitch about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so in terms of new shows I've been watching, um, a new one that's on Disney Plus in Australia... I think it might be. Yeah, it is Hulu in America. Um, mm-hmm. Reboot. Have you guys watched any of? This? Haven't watched
2: it, but I've watched the trailer, and oh. I and the concept was always a bit interesting, and the cast and the is cast, very good. Yeah. Um, mm. and the and the trailer quite sold it to me, but I haven't got around to watching it yet. No.
1: Yeah, so uh, this is the new show from the makers of Modern Family, um, and it stars Keegan Michael Key and um, Johnny Knoxville and Judy Greer. Um, and uh, Paul Reiser. It's a fantastic cast, fantastic cast, and um, it's about a 90s sitcom uh, that was cancelled, or early 2000s sitcom that was cancelled, and they decide to reboot it back um, and bring back all the original cast. Um, And it's uh, one of those kind of meta shows about the TV industry. There's a lot of jokes about, like, the way that streaming works and what they what they green light and all that kind of stuff. Um, I've had a really good time with the show. Um, I think it's, it's really funny and especially for people like us that watch mm-hmm. and analyze TV a lot, I think <laughs> there's a lot to appreciate there. Yeah. And it's a very easy watch. It's like a 20-minute sitcom. so um, Yeah, very easy uh, sitcom to watch. So,
2: is is its appraisal of that of like modern media not just consumption but production biting? Is it sharp? Is it like accurate, or is it a bit soft?
1: <sighs> yeah, don't expect anything too too biting. <laughs> okay, it's okay. still a pretty fluffy sitcom. Okay, in the in the end of the day, it is by the makers of Modern Family. Fair enough. So, Good to know.
2: Set my expectations at an appropriate level. Thank you, Paul. I appreciate yeah, that.
1: Th- think modern family with swearing and sex jokes.
2: Um, have you watched any of Blockbuster yet? I know you were anticipating it very um, highly.
1: I was, and I I didn't make it through the first episode.
0: <gasps>
2: Neither did Damask. She told me she couldn't make it through the first episode either. There's
1: That's amazing. There's something about, like... It felt like people watched brooklyn nine nine and tried to imitate the cadence of the jokes, but they didn't have the skill set to do it you can't so,
2: you can't manufacture that stuff like I mean you can't obviously yeah. that's exactly what they did with Brooklyn nine nine they manufactured it into a product yeah. but what I mean is it's like it has to come from from something mm-hmm. genuine it can't just be. Yeah! Wow! Yeah, the, it, it
1: was. It there was just something missing. The pacing was off. Ooh. The, the the performances weren't there, and it kind of like the appeal of setting something in a blockbuster should have been just to set it. When people went to Blockbuster, yes. yes.
2: That was a bit in the trailer I realised it was set modern day. I was like, that's a mistake. I'm this
1: pretty sure, be a period sure period I said piece. this on the last episode.
3: Mm. That it doesn't make any sense. It should yeah. definitely be set it should be in the like early 2000s. Piece. Because,
1: yeah. you know, you even watch a film like Clerks, and you see the videos on the shelf, and then mm-hmm. movies you recognise, and the posters on the wall, and movies you recognise, and... This doesn't have that. It's all fake shit everywhere. It just doesn't feel like a genuine video store. Like, as someone who managed a video store, it just felt yucky. Like, you don't appropriate my (laughs) workplace (laughs) in this way. (laughs) Like, yeah, no. That's such a
2: shame. It's... Have you ever thought to like skip ahead and like watch like a mid-season episode instead because pilots are notoriously difficult mm. especially for sitcoms. Sometimes it takes a while for the chemistry to start really hitting and for the you know for the, the actors and the and the writers to find their pace.
1: Unless there was like amazing reviews coming out for this thing, I don't think like in 2022 when there's like 10 billion shows to watch, you mm. don't grab me in that first episode like next True. thing please. Yeah. See, I had
3: that. I had that with Schitt's Creek, and everyone says it's an amazing show, but I couldn't yeah, get past true. the first couple episodes. Uh,
1: that's it, but, but you've got the amazing reviews to yes. tell you that you yeah, should exactly. get yeah, through. Yeah, 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 hundred um, percent. So uh, another show that I've been watching on Paramount Plus uh, is. One of the rare reboots that I was excited for, which was the Beavis and ButtHead reboot. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, were either of you guys fans of Beavis and ButtHead back in the day? No, no, I was more
2: of a Daria fan than a Beavis and ButtHead fan.
1: Uh, I was definitely more of a Daria fan as well, but I I enjoyed Beavis and ButtHead. Um,
3: it was like a, it was like a Cartoon Network show, right? I don't. We didn't really have no. It was an MTV the, show, man. MTV. Oh, even then, right, We didn't have any
1: access
2: yeah. to that sort of stuff. When we yeah. Beavis and ButtHead would have been. Would have been accessible here somehow. It used to be. But I can we... tell
1: you, I remember for sure it was on Channel 10 at uh, 11 o'clock at night. There you go. Yeah, on a weekday. So unless you were up
2: watching Liam was watching Scrubs. Mm, yeah. I was.
1: <laughs> um, I, I was watching but, Buffy. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so new Beefs and Butthead. It doesn't reinvent the wheel. Um, it's still them being Beavers and ButtHead. <laughs> um, <laughs> and probably the biggest change to the format is. Um, I don't know if you guys ever remember they used to have segments during the episodes where Beavers and ButtHead would be sitting on the couch watching a music video and just uh, mm-hmm. kind of reacting to it. Sure. Like the probably the the origin of reaction videos, really. <laughs> um, and uh, they still do that, but now it, they also watch like YouTube videos. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's it's funny. It works. Um, <laughs> I'm really enjoying it. I love the animation style of the Mike Judge stuff, like King of the Hill and Daria and uh, Beavis and Barhead. They've all got mm-hmm. a very distinct style. Um, and it's nice seeing it back on screen. So.
2: I had a client yeah. tell me today they've just started watching King of the Hill. Okay. Yeah.
0: Now's the just, time, I guess. we well, I had a conversation on, about it today. <laughs> yeah, it just oh, landed on
1: Disney+. That's why uh, right. a lot of right. people are starting to he, get thi- into this it.
2: This client said it was because they'd finished all of... They were, they were waiting for new episodes of Bob's Burgers. And I was like, oh, I yeah. can see why mm-hmm. you went to King of the Hill. I think there is some shared DNA there. Yes, um, for sure. Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, so Binge uh, in Australia has finally added seasons 2 and 3 of Harley Quinn. I absolutely um, fucking have. Yeah. So I've been. Wait watching... a second. Did
2: we talk about that in our last episode? Did I mention that? I think I must I must have brought it up somewhere. You,
1: you brought it up that it was just started, but none of us had a chance to That's watch right. it yet. That's right. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, so I haven't watched all of it yet. Um, but <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I've watched the majority of season two, and I'm. Fucking loving it. This show is fantastic.
2: There is um, more There is more than a few people who have said it's their favourite show. Like yeah. on TV at the moment, Harley Quinn. Um, it's so
1: good. Like, mm. it's funny and like I'm invested emotionally in the characters at this point and their mm-hmm. romantic entanglements, um, which becomes a big thing in season two. Um, have you watched any of it, Liam?
3: I watched the first season here and there when Brob was watching it originally because we lived together in the same house and I really enjoyed what I saw. But I never sat down and watched it from the start,
1: no. Yeah. How, so how much of the season two have you gotten through?
3: Oh, like,
2: I meant Brob? to say I haven't watched none of it yet, but I'm oh, going wow. to. <laughs> okay.
1: Yeah, you got to do it. You got to do yeah, it.
2: Yeah, no, I, it's, it's, I'll get there. I will, I will. I've got to get through House of the Dragon. i got to get through Andor. I need to get there. It's just so much television, Paul. And I don't know how the fuck you watch so much of it. Well, But the thing
1: is Like I feel like you watch more than me
2: I mean no, I think I it's think just, you just that we th- it's that we're all Watching different things I think that's surely. part of it
1: Cause like House of the Dragon I gave up after one episode Just say And I find like All these half an hour shows Are a lot easier To fit that's into true. your day That's true Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But so, you end up watching I'll,
3: More of them Weirdly Yeah It's like Oh I'll sit yeah, down And watch one never, episode like, of this And you watch eight episodes
1: but that's not. Apart from this, like week of Kath and Kim that I've been having, <laughs> all these shows I only ever watch like an episode at a time. Like I, I'm, I, I'll tell I'm you what my
2: downfall has been. My downfall is YouTube. My downfall mm. is like Twitch, because mm. when I can't be bothered, because when I want to watch a show, that's the, that's one of the biggest things that this podcast has done. It's poisoned me. Is when I watch a show, I need to watch it to pay attention to it because I'm going to talk about it on this or I'm going to mm-hmm. make a review of it. So, it is an... It is... I have to be engaged, engaged with it. So, so a lot of the time what happens is it gets to a point in the evening where or I'm doing something else and just need something on the background and so I pop on um, a Twitch streamer, like a... Carl uh, Bossman. Carl Bossman. I'll, I'll watch uh, an old recording of his or something like that. And it can just be on in the background and I don't have to think about it. And... That has destroyed my TV watching diet, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Um, I blame the podcast because it's changed <laughs> how I fundamentally interact with television.
1: Um, so finally, I know I've waffled on for ages, but it's only finally. been 45 minutes. It's fine, Paul. <laughs> um, Star Trek Lower Decks, uh, which I'm also watching on Paramount Plus. Um, this is, I've kind of, uh, cut away from all the other star trek shows and this is the one that i'm left watching and i think it's a lot of fun um it's a half an hour sitcom version of Star of star trek um and uh it's funny uh the kind of star trek mission storylines are actually fun and engaging um yeah so uh the animations are there now uh, so I'm currently watching the third season. Cool. Um, and they're only short seasons as well. So, um, the animation style is very similar to like a Rick and Morty, that kind of thing. Um, but it's not as crass as that. It's kind of is more in the spirit of Star Trek. Um, still not like family friendly, but, um, yeah, uh, really fun show. So if you want another half hour kind of. Fun sci-fi, comedy, Star Trek, Lower Decks.
2: Speaking of Rick and Morty, has anyone watched the first half of the most recent season? Yes. It came yes. out a while back? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I, again, I, I haven't.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, there's some really fun episodes. In
3: yeah, it. some really yeah. good episodes. Uh, like okay, there's, cool. Yeah. It, it, a couple of the episodes, are like, oh, that's it's very smart still. And, yeah. Did some episodes, not do so much, a
2: lot? But... Where the lo- previous season ended was kind of a big deal. Have they done much with that They've ma- mainly
3: made jokes about it, about yeah. them not oh. doing anything with it. <laughs>
0: yeah.
3: Oh. <laughs> but in a good way. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. Not in a um, She-Hulk finale way, in like a- Okay. Yeah. In a Rick and Morty cool. way. In a Rick yeah. and Morty way. Okay. Yeah, yeah.
3: Liam, what have you been watching? So throughout this episode, because I got told about this 10 minutes before this, <laughs> I also ended up writing down a few other things that I'm going to oh, talk about. fuck. Okay, go on. I'll be quick about them. I'm. I'm always quick about them. Um, I'll just go through the list here. Um, my, our mother, yes, um, showed me a Mom. show when I'm, and uh, visited her recently. Called it was on Channel Ten. It's an Australian um, show. There's a UK version coming apparently very soon. Mm-hmm. It's called The Traitors. It's a reality show. It's literally a ten episode game of werewolf the the card game werewolf mm-hmm. and it was thrilling to watch <laughs> <laughs> i was so invested in it, it do was, you know just who the finished. werewolf is you know the whole like, time who the, the werewolves whole
2: are. time cool, cool, cool
3: so this starts with 24 people and on the first night four people get told that they are the traitors and everyone else is faithful and that the faithfuls have to figure out who the traitor is so it's among us the tv show but every every episode, that everyone can vote on who they think a traitor is, and at night the traitors murder uh, a faithful. Yeah. yeah, and it's it is fun to watch. It's it, like there was a group chat between mum, me, and our sister Kelly about this. i watching the finale last night.
0: Oh wow!
3: Um, just throwing out theories about how we think it's going to go and blah 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 blah. It's it's very good. Um, what's his name? Roger from. Uh, Dr. Doctor or whatever, you know, the main <laughs> character, he's the host and he's, okay. he's, he's charming and funny enough for it, but like, it's all real people, but a lot of them are like, like um, forensic investigators and like oh. the guy who is, um, the journalist who was captured and held hostage um, overseas and then got traded back, he, he's on there and he's one of the traders from the first episode, wow. but he doesn't tell anybody who he is um he doesn't explain because he, he works in hostage um negotiations and stuff now wow. and he's very very good at it um uh, yeah it's it it's on 10 play if you're in Australia there's a british version coming i'm going definitely going to watch that because british do everything great <laughs> um, um i honestly really suggest it it's it's very digestible and you don't have to pay too much attention to it while you're watching it. But it's sure. it's, 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 it's very fun. Do you, do, um, do you want to
2: watch The Mole? The new series yeah, of The Mole Yeah, I, I watched Netflix? the new series
3: of The Mole. Yeah, I figured out who it was in the first episode. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> was it good, though? Um, it was okay. I was It was unsatisfying to me. Okay. Um, but it was set in Australia, but Americans. Which oh. is weird. It was filmed in Queensland and Sydney. And they're like, we're in the... Queensland outback and blah blah blah, and it was it was okay. I, enjoyed, I watched the whole thing, so I guess I must have been interested. But I think I like enjoy more knowing who the traders in the mole are mm-hmm. throughout the show because you get to see both sides of it and like what people are doing and how they're doing it and how they're going about it. It's more interesting to me than the mole. Gotcha. Um, <clears throat> few few things on TV. So I got a. Um, seven-day trial to Paramount Plus because I wanted to watch something else I'll Halo. mention later. <laughs> no, I did say that earlier, didn't I? When I was like, let's get Paramount Plus to watch Halo, and I've never watched it. <laughs> um, um, but I ended up watching the first episode of the rehearsal recently with Nathan Field as a rehearsal. Yes. Uh, yep. So good. And I watched the first episode, I really enjoyed it, but I'm like, I feel like I need to watch Nathan for you. Um, first because it's his previous show Mm -hmm. and this weekend i literally watched every episode of nathan few i binged the whole thing (laughs) it is so good i'd never seen it before um it is fantastic it's funny and where it ends up is so heartfelt and it's just i didn't expect to feel things watching this show because you know it starts off very you know making fun of people but then it gets to this point. Of this real heartfeltness and uh, lovely, like the last two episodes in particular really great because I love a true crime thing, and it feels very much like that. Um, what they do with it with a, with someone who's popped up throughout the whole first four seasons, mm-hmm. it's it's brilliant, it's brilliant. I really really enjoyed it. I'm really excited. and it also you can see where the idea for the rehearsal came from from those from that last season. It very much draws on things he does in that season. It's very very good, very good. Um, so if you haven't watched Nathan for you Can you explain Nathan for you to people who Nathan don't know? Nathan is he's a business major who graduated from from uni- from college with okay grades. <laughs> um, and he goes to small businesses to help them help their business. So he'll come up with some ridiculous idea on how to help a business. So for instance, um he goes to like a burger joint who but then he get he but in order to back up his his ideas he gets further and further into a into a deeper hole, trying to like cover his tracks so he doesn't get caught doing the wrong thing. <laughs> so it's like at one point he's like, I need to make, um, and I, I need to help this cafe, this cafe get more press. So he, he has the idea of getting a celebrity to leave a big tip. So he hires a celebrity impersonator who is. Supposed to be Kramer from <laughs> from Seinfeld to leave a tip, but on the receipt it's going to say his name, his card, and his name. So he tries asking random people with the name Michael Richards if he'll they'll let him use their card, but he'll give them the ten thousand dollars that he's going to leave a tip. But he, no one says yes, so he finds someone to change their legally change their name, <laughs> open a. But but in order to change a name in America, for some reason, you have to publicly announce you're doing it four times uh, in. Uh, f- four times in a month in a newspaper. So he starts his own newspaper so that some, so they can publicize that he is, he gets a ghost writer. It's it's just this massive thing just in order to help this cafe (laughs) have, have Michael Richards comes and leaves a massive tip. It's very, very, very funny. It's very good. And everyone, I don't, I just don't know if everyone is real or not in the show. It's very hard to tell. It's, it's so good. It's so good. (laughs) <laughs> um, I very much suggest everyone watch Nathan For You it's cringy wait can you watch it again Paramount Plus Paramount Plus okay. unfortunately
1: yeah I would, um, I'd black that up I'm, I've been a stand for years that show is a work of genius and the rehearsal is also a work of genius well the
3: first episode of the, of the rehearsal was amazing and I needed to watch I need to go back now and watch the rest of the rehearsal because and you I won't didn't predict
1: where the season goes right, yeah
3: you can never predict what he's going to do in the show yeah. it's, it's brilliant um the reason that I got Paramount Plus though was I wanted to watch the stand-up special from Michelle Brazier, mm-hmm. who uh, her stand-up special, Average Bear. Um, so for anyone who might know who Michelle Brazier is, she's an Australian comedian. Um, she does a lot of stuff with Auntie Donna. Um, she's the she's like the nurse in the in the school nurse yeah. um, that they all come in and do ridiculous things towards. <laughs> Um, her show is called Average Bear and it's, I did, I had never seen it cause I really wanted to see it at the comedy festival, but I'd never got a chance to. It is beautiful. It's very funny, but also really heartfelt and it got me in a way that I didn't expect to. I'm not going to tell you why. So it's a post,
2: it's a post Nanette, uh, up special is what I'm hearing.
3: Well, it, she's a musical comic comedian, so she's, ah. she sings a lot. And she tells stories about her life and and also sings. It's very, very good. I suggest everybody watch that. There's a whole bunch of these Australian stand-up specials that have just come out in Paramount Plus, and they're all direct, um, edited by Stupid Old Studios who do a lot of stuff with Auntie Donna and, and all that kind of thing. They're a really cool um, uh, stu- uh, agency and studio in, in, in Melbourne, actually. Um, but, yeah, they just released that. Very, very good. On the same sort of... Um, a wavelength is that. Um, there's just recently, the episodes have just started coming out. Um, there's a new web series called The Future of Everything, which a, a friend of mine is actually the animate or the creator. He got a bunch of funding from Screen Australia. Um, it's based on his web comics. He just releases on Instagram. He's got a bunch of money and it's um, animated with a whole bunch of Australian, like, comedians and stuff as doing the voices. Um, Other friends of mine did actually the sound design on it. Um, It's very funny. The first episode just came out. It's called- um, This is what uh, you've been
2: watching. This is what your friends have been making.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, sure. Um, It's called- But no, everyone should watch this though. It's called (laughs) Unlimited Ducks is the first episode. It's like a seven minute thing. Sure. Um, And it's the idea is that someone- The scientists find- Um, proof that the world is a simulation and then trolls on the internet decide to hack the simulation and figure out the the cheat code to get unlimited ducks and where (laughs) that go it's it's very 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 funny you you can just watch it on instagram or youtube and it's very it's it's great and there's new episodes coming out each week there's like six episodes
2: it's an animated comedy animated comedy yeah
3: cool um Again, on the same. This, this is not a friend of mine. This is another <laughs> web series um, that everyone should be. Everyone should watch. It's it's a comedy investigative journalism show called Finding Jesus, which is two Australian comedians, um, f- searching for the person who made a internet newgrounds game in the in the two thousands called um, Kanye breathe out, 30-30, Kanye 30 30, thirty thirty, And there's this whole big thing about it that it could be a, um, a recruitment tool for a cult called Ascensionism. And they're trying to find who created the game and find out if this Ascensionism cult is a real thing. Um, it's like six episodes. It's all on YouTube. The guys who've done it have also done a couple of um, podcasts, one called Finding Drogo, which is about... Um, them finding the author of a fan fiction book that was released about Dra- Drago, sorry, um, from who is the bad guy in Rocky 3, Rocky 4. Mm-hmm. Um, that goes in a whole other direction. It's really, really funny. The second one's called Finding Desperado, which is about trying to find the guy who has a Guinness World Record for the, being the youngest person to ever make a feature film at the age of 13. Um, and then finding that guy. It's, they're really interesting, really in-depth investigative journalism, but also very funny. Um, And that's also produced, that show Funny Is This is also produced by the guys from Auntie Donna Um, because they find out that there might be a- Come back full circle. This this is what I've done. Um, That's how I got back. I remembered watching it. Um, In the first episode, they find out that the creator of the game could be someone from Ballarat, which is very close to Melbourne, um, and they have one friend in common on Facebook with this person, and it is Mark from Auntie Donna. Um, so they get him in, and they they try and find the guy. It's very, very good, very good. Um, <clears throat> and f- last two things, and I'm jumping now to Disney Plus. I'm okay. Speeding through this, okay. Yep. Um, welcome to Rexham. I don't know if I mentioned this last time. It's the um, Disney Plus docu series about.
2: I don't remember if you mentioned it last time or not, but yeah, go on.
3: Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney. Who, mm-hmm. So, Rob McElhenney is creator of Always Sunny Philadelphia, Mythic Quest. He plays, um, he plays Mac and the, also the lead character in Mythic Quest.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, which a new season of that's just dropped recently. I think, yes, as well. it has just Sorry. dropped,
3: yeah. Um, so, they bought a uh, Welsh soccer club in Wales called Wrexham. Wrexham Dragons, I think. Um, and it's, it's about them buying this club and trying to get them deregulated um into the higher uh higher into the national league or something um but it's not just about that it's very much about Wrexham and the people who the supporters of Wrexham and the town of Wrexham and what the the club means to it it's it's really lovely but also quite funny because it's Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds um I suggest it's fair it's really easy easy to watch some episodes are very short some episodes are maybe like 40 minutes or so long but it's it's very good. It's all it's all up there on Disney Plus. I suggest everyone watch that as well. Does it make
2: you want to be a soccer fan?
3: A little bit, not so much that I'm gonna. I actually have now started looking up their games because I'm mm-hmm. interested to see what's happening with them. Um, the, not to the point of say our friend Joel, who is now. Apparently, a, a soccer fan because of this show, which
2: <laughs> so I find it very funny. Like it's it's. I, I like that Joel is so affected by it that he wants to become a soccer fan. Yeah, I haven't watched this series, but I get the sense that it's probably. Doing a really good look at looking what it means for people to care about a sport yeah, team. Exactly. Yeah. At which point, I want to suggest to Joel, Joel, you already follow Geelong. Just get invested in the AFL, mate. No, just it's jump like, on the bandwagon. Band band yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> You've already got, they just won the Premiership in Australia, mate. It's a perfect time to jump on. Um, go, you know, he's not even that far from Geelong. He basically is halfway to Geelong um, where he lives. Just so him he can... on your website. <laughs> on your <podcast. laughs> it's like quite doxing. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah, like um, like get involved with your local fan base. I've heard that sp- show described as like a documentary version of Ted Lasso. Yes,
3: it's f- quite funny. At one point, um, Jason Sudeikis comes to watch one of the games, and <laughs> <laughs> they're like, "Oh, it's that guy."
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's it's and it's it's really really good. It's, you hit, you feel you learn a lot more about Ryan Reynolds and Rob Rob McElhinney and their their experience with sport as well, and like th- how their dads. Brought them into sport and their feelings mm. about that. It's 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 super lovely, very funny, but also really heartfelt. And you learn not just about the players, you learn about the people who are in the pub next to the to the to the stadium, the people that just go like the the major fans, and it's it's really great. I really really enjoyed it. Lastly, stand,
0: stand
2: by my assessment that loving a, a sport and particularly a club is is basically a religion.
3: Oh, 100 percent, and you like, see that in this. Yeah, it's like yeah. it's just and they also don't shy away from like the hooligan side of it either and talk mm. about where that came from and like the issues with that and they they interview a guy who is banned from the stadium and stuff because mm. he got a he started a fight or whatever and 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 the yeah how that evolved into what it is it's it's they very much want to show the whole cool the whole view of it um, And and really hope that there's another season of that coming out because i want to know i think they in may a, have already in, may have already greenlit that a second season that's fantastic memory. in the same way that like drives drive to survive got me really interested into F one I'm where I'm dedicated to a team now like not so much with uh, shameless team sucks they they started well shut up (laughs) Um, Ferrari no good Liam jumps
2: on the bandwagon the wheels fall off
3: yeah it's literally (laughs) pretty sure a wheel fell off.
0: Um, although Um,
3: it did get us an answer in trivia where we got an extra three points. So you're welcome. We won beer. Um, And the very last thing I want to talk about is also on Disney+, and we all talk about it, um, and it's not finished yet, but Andor. I am fucking loving this show. It is the best thing to come out of Star Wars in a very long time. If you aren't watching Andor, Broderick... I am watching it. I'm just behind. (laughs) It is... Same,
1: I'm behind. I I actually... Watched three episodes the other night. I, I'm I'm very much enjoying it.
3: It is exactly what it needed to be. There's it's just about regular people in this highly in this in this Star Wars world in the in the middle of the reign the high the the peak of the reign of the Empire, and it's about the rebellion. It's about the real people living on planets and how that's been. They're affected by it. It's about the people working in in the Empire. It is. So good. And there's not one fucking Jedi in it. And it is the best thing about... It. It's one of the best things Are about it. Are you going to be
2: pissed off if um, a Jedi shows up in the finale? Yes. You're, well, okay. okay. But who's going to show up in the final? Mace in. Windu.
3: No. It doesn't make any sense, though, for that <laughs> to happen. Um, it's, it's set itself up in a specific place for it to not be that. Mm-hmm. Um, and... It, it, the way they're doing it is every three episodes is ba- basically a small arc within the story. Yes, So, um, which is
2: really cool. It's so it's weird that they're not releasing them three episodes at a time because they
3: did that with the first three episodes. Yes. Um, um, and, but yeah, I'm, it's just so bloody good. <laughs> I suggest everyone watch it. Even if you're not a star Wars fan, honestly, I think you could watch this show without being a star Wars fan and really enjoy it for what it's doing. Um, it's the political, the great political stuff that you get from things like Game of Thrones, and but also in this Star Wars world, and this um, sci-fi world, it's just I can't speak highly enough of it. There's still three episodes left to go, so I can't tell you if it ends well. But you know, I'm right and now another I, season as well, and another and another season because they've they've greenlit 24 episodes, two seasons, 12 episode mm-hmm. seasons, and apparently it's supposed to end.
2: It's only going to be two seasons.
3: Yeah, it's supposed to end basically exactly when
1: Rogue um, One starts. You
3: you meet Andor in Rogue One. Cool. So that's super I, cool.
1: To what we were saying before, though, I think this is a show that you do have to get through. Like, I wasn't hooked in the first couple of episodes. I agree. Yeah, a bit yeah it's
2: decision. such a <laughs> slow burn. No, I I agree with Paul. It's it's a real slow burn. It's not that it was bad. It just like it was so methodical. Mm. Nothing really exciting or like grab your attention or grab your um, interest. It was a lot was of happening. place setting. Yeah,
3: sure, okay. Yeah, and it was I like mean, I can see that. It was probably it wasn't, why they released the first three episodes. I'm once sure it as well. is
2: because the third mm. episode is really good, and the third episode mm. pays off the build up of the first two. Mm-hmm. But it those first two had to, yeah, they needed the third episode. The third, yeah, they just weren't on their own. weren't weren't particularly engaging until the third episode and then the payoff made mm. them worthwhile. Um, so, it does how take far, a bit. How far into it are you both? I've only seen one more episode past that so far. I, oh, my God.
1: I I've think I've watched, I think I watched seven episodes.
3: Oh, great. Seven. So, yeah. Prison?
1: Uh, not yet. No, the not last yet. one I watched was the, like, Thing in the Sky.
3: Oh, right. Okay, cool. Yeah. The next three episodes are really great and... There's mm-hmm. somebody like I, I can't. This is not a big spoiler, but Andy Circus is in in it, mm-hmm. and he is brilliant. He's finally getting playing a young Snoke, right? That's what he's there for. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, not at all. He's playing. He, he, his had, to, he had to go no online makeup. to explain that to he people like himself. don't get
2: fucking your theory started. I'm not playing fucking Snoke. It's not what this is.
3: Um, he is. Yeah, he's he's fantastic in it. He gets he gets to really showcase his his range and his. Just his the things he never gets to really show very often because he's always behind mocap or whatever. Mm. Like he's he is such a good actor, um, and he's so great in this. And yeah, it's I can't I can't get enough of it. And that's the end of my list, everyone. I did it. Uh, you did have She-Hulk on your list. Did you have something you want
2: to say about She-Hulk, Lamb? Or
3: um, I can't remember. <laughs> I can't <of> <laughs> the reason that you brought it up that. Oh, your I mean, episode, your episode of She-Hulk. I um.
2: Oh, you want to pr- you want to promote our podcast? Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. So I only got halfway through it,
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> um, but I got through She-Hulk somehow. So <laughs> look, look, I, I didn't had hate, fun with it.
1: I, I didn't hate She-Hulk. I I could I definitely understand all the issues you had. I agree, and some of them were I had the same amount of issue with it, but I did want to bring it up. For one reason, is that you were like lukewarm on Madison. Yeah. Madison is a fucking amazing character, and no I will not wonder, hear anything. No else. wonder
2: you're an upload fan.
1: <laughs>
2: um, <laughs> just while we're talking about Andor as well, we will be reviewing that on Hunting Seasons in a couple of weeks. Uh, House of the Dragons next week and then Andor the week after, which is pretty much in line, I think, with the end of the series. So,
3: Well, with House of the Dragon, right, I finished that and that got way better than I... Last time I was on here, I was talking about the differences between House of Dragon Mm -hmm. and um, Rings Rings of Power. Power. And I loved Rings of Power and there's a three-hour episode of Hunting Seasons where Brod basically (laughs) says everything that I thought. Um, And I was lukewarm on, on House of Dragon, but I very much enjoyed where I got to. But I don't think it was as good as, as Rings of
1: Power. Anyway.
2: Cool. All right. What I've been watching. Uh, Drag Race UK Season 4. Have you been watching this, Paul?
1: Yeah, I'm up to date.
2: How are you finding it so far?
1: I am loving this season.
0: I think it's uh, a very good season it's a, so far. It's
1: a very strong um, group of queens. There's been Great. some eliminations where I've... were, we're Sorry. There's been some... Eliminations where I was really upset because yes. some queens I love have gone.
2: How, how many? How far back was the last time you are upset a queen went?
1: Uh, last the last elimination.
2: The last at the last one. Wait, oh the last elimination. Yes, because there was a non-elimination. Correct yeah. I about that. Yeah. I agree. I was very upset by that elimination. Very yeah. very upset. Yeah. As were the other queens who were left behind. Who were like,
1: yeah, I don't don't think it was their time to go. Um, yeah. that was and upsetting. I think. Uh, All the challenges this season have been really fun. Um, The only two that felt painful to watch was the Snatch Game, which Mm -hmm. was terrible. And this week's... I didn't um, like this week's one much at all. This week's acting challenge was was fucking terrible. I agree. It was bad. (laughs) Yeah.
2: (laughs) But not like comparing it to like the last season or either season of Drag Race Down Under... They're worlds apart in terms of quality, the quality of the queens and the quality of the of the challenges, I think, and the quality of the fashion. Um, yeah. There is no comparison.
0: Yeah.
1: Though I have to say I did go see all the queens from Drag Race down under season one and two, did a tour and I went and all saw of them. them. Or oh, it, it was kind of like a revolving Sure. E- each state got a different group of them. Mm-hmm. Um and it was a fun show. So oh, I'm
2: sure it, yeah. I'm sure it was fun. Um yeah. It's a badly made show <laughs> Yeah <laughs> but Drag Race UK Season 4 Has been good so far Yes, Lamb.
3: I, I just love how I get to have A power nap in this section Because I've never <laughs> watched This it. is essentially
2: This is a very mini reality check Where I get to yeah. just talk about Drag Race The only reality <laughs> show I watch
3: R- 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 Reality check
2: <laughs> uh, Taskmaster Series 14 Listen Oh awake again <laughs> <laughs> what can i say about taskmaster i haven't said before the show is still excellent it's another group of five great contestants half of which i've never heard of before but now i'm big fans of i'm mm-hmm. um, firm brady at the very least i'm now a fan of <laughs> so funny um sarah millican i think has been my standout though i am desperate for her to win i've always been a fan of hers she's a comedian i've wanted to see at the melbourne international comedy festival a bunch of times and I always seem to miss out for some reason or she stopped coming um, and so it's Hopefully been great Hopefully she comes to...
3: back now that COVID sort of
2: Yeah, maybe um, The So she's been great on it as has Um uh It's uh, It's just It's still like just a slice of happiness every week I love it I get 20 20 weeks of it a year and <laughs> maybe an extra bonus one at the end of the year Half yeah, I'm a happy boy when Taskmaster's mm-hmm. on, basically. And Taskmaster Australia starts next year, and Liam does not like the choice of Taskmaster, which is fine. But I do like the group of celebrities oh, the and comedians they've chosen. Yeah. It's a really stacked cast, like they've chosen good Australian comedians, which gives me hope that it'll be good too. So I'm looking forward to watching the Australian. I have I simmered
3: down, I simmered down on my hatred for the Taskmaster Tom Gleeson, only for the fact that. In the end, the essence of Taskmaster, even though it was called Taskmaster, is about the cast, less so about the Taskmaster. Really, there's like five minutes, five to six minutes, five to ten minutes in an episode that is actually the Taskmaster talking, whereas the real comedy comes from the cast. It comes from... I'll tell you what it comes from. (laughs) Taskmaster is an exercise
2: in editing. It is Mm. like comedy editing... As a formula. There is mm-hmm. something... They, the way they take that, that... so must be so much raw footage and turn it into these beautifully ended and contrasted little segments with each challenge is honestly very impressive. They've been My doing it for so long. It continues to be great. Um, if you are not watching Taskmaster, you are denying yourself joy. That is my review. <laughs> um, I watched Hocus Pocus 2, the long-awaited sequel to the family cult classic Hocus Pocus that scared the shit out of a as a child. Um, mm-hmm. It was fine. That's my review. It's like... Mm. Did you
1: watch it, Paul? I did, yeah. What do you think? I found it very underwhelming. <laughs>
2: it is underwhelming. That's definitely a good word for it. Mm-hmm. Did, what was it that was underwhelming for you? Was it the... The well, real feeling, that just the Disney-ishness of it. And not that Hocus Pocus 1 wasn't like...
1: Yeah, it, look, the reason Hocus Pocus 2 was made was because of the gaze. That film should have been camp as fuck. Yeah. Instead, it just felt like a watered-down kids' film. It felt cheap as well. <laughs> like, the special effects in the original were better than this one with technology that we have now, how the green screening looked 10 times worse. You yeah, know why? Um, do you want to know why? It, because they didn't give a fuck. Because
3: <laughs> everybody, every good VFX artist is working on MCU film. Mm-hmm. That's literally it. They just outsource. They get everyone, anyone in the world who can do that well. They're working on that because that's where all the money is. And the actual, the, the lower budget stuff just doesn't get the the, the success that it should.
0: Mm.
1: It just, it just felt like Disney reaching a quota. Like we need mm-hmm. this amount of content. This is the IP we own. Oh, it was, it was a formula.
2: It, it was like we need something for Halloween. What's something everyone wants? What can we get that's affordable? How do we like? We just need people to subscribe for Disney Plus this month.
0: Mm.
1: It's, it's December, and it was oh, a sorry, huge. It's October, hit. It's Halloween. So let's, was it. Oh shit! Yeah, it was the most watched Disney Plus movie ever. Yeah, okay. So, yeah. More uh, than... <laughs> more than, than turning red? Yep.
3: Boo.
1: More than Luca, more than turning red, like, it.
2: yeah. It's hard to have faith in humanity sometimes. The- <laughs> we watched it. Can we, we both talk watched very, it. <laughs> can we talk spoilers for Hocus Pocus 2 very quickly? We don't want no spoilers for Hocus Pocus 2. <laughs> I'm a sure. bit annoyed they tried to pull a redemption arc on these women. Mm -hmm. that murder a child in the first movie, don't they? Yeah. Like, that's the whole thing. Seeing the origins of the girls, I understand. But then to try and, like, sort of undo the fact that they murdered children by making them like, oh, they're the victims, really. It's like, okay, maybe that's true to some degree. Maybe they were persecuted because they were just women, but... They also murdered a child. Let's not undercut that, please. Um, And
1: that's the the appeal of those characters, is that they're awful and they want to kill children. That's why gay people love those characters. (laughs) 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 Like, the film should have been about them trying to eat kids and sometimes succeeding. Like, that would have been a fun movie, but-
0: it, and would have been
1: scary,
2: which was, yeah. at Liam, was petrified, that movie, for a reason. And, you yeah. know. The I, I don't world.
1: think they really understood the appeal of why what people love about the original.
2: Sure. Um, a couple of days ago, out of nowhere, Studio Ghibli tweeted out, like, a five-second video that just showed the Lucasfilm logo that then transitioned into the Studio Ghibli logo.
3: Turns out that was half
2: the how actual I- thing too. And-, <laughs> and how did I not know this? And the world went fucking nuts speculating what this was. A lot of theories were that um, that Jubilee were gonna do an episode of Star Wars Visions, which was already this mm-hmm. like Star Wars anime thing. And then a day later, there's a or a couple of days later, there's a picture of a little baby Grogu, little baby Yoda, little figurine, on a table and in the background. Is the man himself Miyazaki-san just out of focus? And you're like, "What the fuck is happening? <laughs> what the fuck is this?" Not long after that, it was announced that a short film had been made in secret, apparently by Studio Ghibli, the the most renowned Ghibli, the most renowned anime studio in the world, a Star Wars uh, short about Grogu called Zen. Grogu and the Dust Bunnies, and it was arriving just a day later on November fourteenth. Paul, have you watched Zen Grogu and the Dust Bunnies? Did you know it existed?
1: I didn't know. It existed. The thing is, I don't. I'm not on Twitter anymore,
2: yeah. so Smart, I miss out
1: on a lot. Why? Um, so, so I'm. I'm just blowing your mind
2: here. I, you Geo are blowing Ghibli my mind. Have produced and released on Disney Plus a Star Wars. So, short. if I log on Paul. right now... Right wait- now. It'll right it be it. the right first
3: thing you see at the top. Right it's- now. What? It's ready. It's available right now, You Paul. know
2: what? It only goes... It doesn't go very long. We're going to pause the podcast and you can watch it right now.
0: <laughs>
2: Paul. Yeah. You've now watched Studio... G- the Masterful Studio Ghibli's Star Wars... Surprise Star Wars short animated film. I just watched you in real time. Watch it.
3: What are your thoughts?
1: Um, it was cute, I guess I saw your face
3: drop throughout that You started so happy And then by the end of it, you are just like, oh it's, it's, it's one of those things where like
2: We didn't even know this thing existed a few days ago Paul didn't know it existed until five minutes ago And somehow, I have to admit I did expect a little bit more than what we got like, even for something that doesn't have, have a marketing budget, it just came out of nowhere. It's a cute little surprise. When you tell me Studio Ghibli is making a Star Wars short, I I I was expecting a little more than that.
3: I expected yeah. more than a second-year animation studio, animation students' final project.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, one interesting thing about it, the musical score. Yes, Ludwig By Aronson. Ludwig, by Ludwig but it very very much felt inspired by the Star Wars holiday special. Oh, uh, oh okay. maybe it was. It I don't know like if you guys... Me, have you guys actually ever making... watched that? No. Yes, I have, yeah. Yeah, like that... I mean, is, once. That...
2: I don't know if I paid that much attention to the score, but go on.
1: Yeah, there's like a scene where uh, Chewbacca's child is watching like a hologram, like Cirque du Soleil thing. Yes, 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 and yes. And yes, yes. the music playing sounds exactly like that. Ooh, Interesting. Maybe it was a um, nod. Yeah. Uh, so let me. I'm.
2: Uh, it sounds like you were whelmed.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I have to admit, it went for three minutes, and um, like my mind started wandering.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. It's just it's
2: it's it kind of baffles me why it exists. It's like, how did this come to be? Did Disney reach out to Ghibli? Did Ghibli reach out to Disney? Whose idea was it? Why was it made? What why did it have purpose? to be Star Wars? <laughs> why? What? Why? What? Whose idea was this, and why they think it was a good
1: idea is my question. It just—it's just—it's just a little baffling. Um, the only thing I can think of is that Ghibli will release like a collab merchandise range centered around it. Like if you, when you're in Japan and you go to any shop. Thought, yeah, like the Ghibli marketing machine, like yeah. that animation studio is basically. You can buy like, your totoro
2: a- plates, but you can also buy your Grogu plates as well. Yeah. Like, yeah, oh
1: yeah, yeah. You might be right about that.
0: Mm. Mm. The, the
1: merchandise far outweighs the output of the studio at totally. this point. Yeah, I mean they've so. now
2: got that theme park, which is like it's not really a theme park. It's like you can walk through a. Forest and like into sets and stuff like that, including yeah. a life size cat bus, which I yeah. definitely
3: want to do. Yeah, mm. don't go into those stores though, because it's just Totoro on repeat and it really fucks <laughs> <true>. with you. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> true. We went to Japan and then we went to, like the That's second true. night, and then the rest of the trip was us going,
0: Totoro, Totoro. I'm not even sure I'd seen Totoro at that point, but that was stuck in my head.
2: Speaking of some good anime. <laughs> I went and saw uh, Dragon Ball super superhero the latest uh animated uh Dragon Ball movie based on a sort of a spin-off of the most recent Dragon Ball series Dragon Ball super um what's interesting about Dragon Ball super superhero is that apart from the horrendous title is that <laughs> it is in th- it's 3d animated which has appeared little bits of 3d animation have appeared in the most the previous Dragon Ball movie, which was Dragon Ball Super Broly. Um, but generally, it's always been majority 2D anime. Ever since the original Dragon Ball back in the day, all the way through Super. So, it being done as a cell shaded to look like anime, but obviously made with 3D models, was very, very controversial. Um, and people had differing opinions on whether it'd be any good before it even came out. I went and saw it because it was centered on two of my favorite characters of the show. Are you, are you guys
1: fans of Dragon Ball? by the way, on E-Level. I've watched episodes here and there, but... Uh, yeah, yeah, i watched
3: those same 10 episodes that kept showing in repeat on Cheese TV when we were sure. kids.
1: Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Um, I was a fan of Dragon Ball Z. I haven't followed Super, but, like, um, all the way particularly through, from the beginning, um, through the multiple different dubs of the Saiyan Saga and the Freezer Saga I've seen, and through the Cell Saga, the Android Saga and Cell Saga, big, big fan of that of that stuff. Yeah. Um, Gohan has always been one of my favorite characters. He was always done dirty post-Cell Saga. And he got a movie where he got to shine alongside Piccolo. And A, I think it's the best of the Dragon Ball movies I've seen. Um, from a storytelling point of view, from an entertainment point of view, from a comedy point of view. Um, not from an action point of view, necessarily. I think Super Broly is still like, better animated from an action point of view. But like as a film that I wanted focused on some characters I really love. It really, really executed on very well. Better than nearly any previous Dragon Ball movie has. Most Dragon Ball movies are like some weird uh, offshoot of a previous villain shows up. They all have to fight it. They suck at fighting until Goku shows up and then they win. Which is basically how arcs usually happen in the anime anyway. So to not have Goku and Vegeta feed- feature in this and it's center on Gohan, one of my favorite characters in Piccolo, was really exciting. And most surprising the 3D animation didn't suck because I was convinced it was going to be crap and I'd still prefer the 2D animation, but I certainly wasn't taken out of the movie by it being 3D animated with cell shading. It was actually quite effective for the most part and um, I stopped thinking about it really early on and just enjoyed the movie for what it was. And it was a really fun cinema experience, actually. Um, I don't see much anime at the cinemas very often. Um, this movie did really well, apparently, everywhere except japan they didn't want to go see it because it was 3d animated i think um but a really good time with it and hopefully uh they do more stuff with gohan and piccolo in future movies or seasons of dragon ball whatever they do next um finally before we get to our spoiler room i have been playing a game called marvel snap which is a phone game which i don't play very often It's a card-based phone game that's based around the Marvel comic characters. It's so goddamn fucking addictive. And it is one of those free-to-play games where you can, like, funnel money into it if you want to speed up progress and stuff like that. But at this point, at least, the progression is just good enough that I can play, like, a dozen games that take about three minutes in a day and do my dailies and it's not... Ask demanding more of me. It just feels the right amount. It's very satisfying. It is consuming my life and I may need an intervention if someone <laughs> wants to help me with that, please. I'm not... I really... I'm reluctant to do phone games or free-to-play games, but a lot of people were talking about how good this game was and it's legitimately really engrossing and very, very addictive and and just like... in uh, From a uh, strategy point of view, plus the right amounts of elements of luck because it's you versing another person um sometimes bots particularly early on but as you progress through the game you start to play a lot of other people um it's genuinely like engrossing and addictive and it's not that really like i'll just play one more i'll just play one more i'll just play one more and that's 4 a.m um so, everyone should and shouldn't play Marvel Snap, <laughs> is my advice. <laughs> all right. Honey, sponsored by Marvel Snap. <laughs> <laughs> if only, man. I would take that Marvel money in a heartbeat. All right. Very quickly, let's go to the spoiler room to discuss Black Panther Wakanda forever.
0: You're now entering the Spoiler Zone.
2: We're all big Marvel fans here. We go see all the Marvel films at the movies, although I still haven't seen Werewolf by Night, I realize. I need to watch that soon. i that's very good. Um... What did you guys think of Black Panther Wakanda Forever, the sequel to Black Panther, the last film in Phase 4 of the MCU?
1: It felt long Mm -hmm. and quite unfocused. I didn't hate it, but I just... I don't think it's anywhere near as strong as the original Um, and pretty weak ending to the phase, to be honest. Liam? Liam?
3: I agree, in most part, um, it it felt like it could have had a script edit. It felt like it could have it had pacing issues for me, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just don't think. And this is a spoiler room, yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. I don't think that Shuri as a leading character worked, um, but I understand where they got what they did with it. I don't think that she will continue to be the Black Panther in the MCU. I mean, they've
2: already given the escape hatch for her at the very end of the movie. Exactly. For someone else to take her over as Black Panther if she doesn't want and to be I, And I'm
3: excited by that prospect of that person being Black Panther. But um, look, I, I enjoyed it. It got the heart and the emotional side of it right for me. The action left me underwhelmed. Um, and I don't know about you, Paul, but our... Our screening of it was very, very dark, and it was hard to watch some of the scenes. Um, Particularly the stuff
2: under water, and then a lot of the stuff even before that. It was really, mm. really weird how
0: dark the it was. The stuff at night,
3: by the river or whatever, that was too dark. Yeah, the
0: re- it was, it, on it the was, boat really, hard was really hard to
3: see. really
1: yeah. hard to see. There was, yeah? Yeah, I can't, I, I don't remember being that fussed by that. Like, I don't think I was thinking, oh, this is really dark. I don't think it
2: was the film was filmed poorly. I think the 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 projection projection was was shit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But
1: I think that the the action was incomprehensible in terms of the way it was directed. Like, the action scenes weren't engaging, like, at all. It was all shaky cam, close-up bullshit.
2: I don't think it was shaky cam. It was just cutting too often. It was like, Mm. it didn't let anything linger. I don't think it was... If it did, it was just slow mo. Yeah, that's it right. Did, yeah. It was
3: all a slow mo. I, I think the the big reason for me that that I don't think that I'm sorry I don't know the actress's name. Letitia Wright. Letitia yeah. Wright. Yep. Sure. I don't think she could hold it hold it up because as a leading actor, because is she's sitting there in these scenes with like Angela Bassett and mm. Michael B. Jordan who are literally chewing the scenery in this in this movie and just. Killing it with their performances, and then but you need to have a, a, a leading character that can, a leading actor that can hold up the rest of that film. And it just didn't hit it for me. And I'm it's unfortunate because the trailers had me from the I mean, beginning.
2: I think there's a reason it's called Wakanda Forever, and it's sort of like while it's got to be Shuri is the new Black Panther, it was meant to be a bit broader than that, it was meant to be about their there is no Black Panther for the majority of this movie. The Mm. Black Panther finally shows up in the last 20 minutes, basically, of the film. And the rest of the time, it's about dealing without having the Black Panther and Wakanda. So it is centered not just on Shuri, but it's centered on Angela Bassett's character. It's centered on um, Lupita Nyong'o's character. It's centered on um, all of them at once and on Namor. Um, So it's kind of doing this ensemble type thing And then Riri Williams is in there as, like, the second Mm. tier of that as well. It's deliberately trying to not make it about any one particular character as much as, say, the the original was, or most superhero films are. But I agree with you that that doesn't necessarily make for a successful film. I think I like to... I also think
3: there's there's a whole plot point that could be... There's a whole plot point that could be removed... Any the whole the whole storyline with Everett Ross and yeah and Julie Louise Dreyfus's character that added nothing. I, I don't disagree, but it takes
2: up all of about four minutes of the film. Like even if you cut it, the film would still have a pace in, pacing problem and a length problem. Mm. It really doesn't take up uh, any real estate mm. in the film whatsoever. It's like three scenes that run for a minute each. It's really really minor. Um but I agree, it didn't need to be there. And it has that problem of feeling like the sort of way they'd integrate storylines like they did back in, like... Um, Iron Man 2. Iron Man 2 and stuff yeah. like that, yeah. Absolutely. It. I, I think the, the biggest problem with this film is that it was being made on the run that rather than slow down to let them figure out how to do this as best they could, when Chadwick Boseman died... They kept going at the same pace. This film released when it was meant to release. It it released when it was originally announced, when they still had Chadwick attached to it. And so, what is the strongest points of the film, which I mostly remember are like the opening, which are really touching, which are directly conflating like Chadwick Boseman's death with T'Challa's death in the film. Um, The effect that has on the characters, the... Um, I like the character of Namor. I liked the emotional climaxes of the characters. I loved the scene where Michael B. Jordan's Killmonger showed up. I gasped when I realized it was him. Mm. They did a really good job of making me think it was going to be um, Angela Bassett. And then it was him. I thought it was fucking unreal when I got him back for that bit. Um, but it's it's like the Hobbit films, which were sort of made on the run. It's mm. knows sort of kind of what storyline was meant to be. It's But because it's not written to be sharp, but sort of just make it happen as it goes, it's just a bit shaggy all the way mm. through. And they didn't do a good job of condensing it down to something that was as engaging as it should have been. It's got lots of good elements, but are just it doesn't add up to... A product that's nearly as good as the original, as you said, which is so much better focused. Um, but also because it had the time to be focused. And it was centred around a very charismatic main actor in a very interesting world that we'd never been to before. Um, but I didn't dislike it. I still think it's one of the better films of this phase. It's better than Black Panther. Sorry, sorry it's better than Black Widow. It's weird that they were sort of bookended those films, Black mm. Widow and Black Panther, I think about Um do I like it more than Thor: Love and Thunder?
1: I didn't. I thought Thor was a lot more fun than this.
3: It. It's certainly more fun. I, I rewatched Thor before this actually, and yeah, I didn't like it as much as Thor.
2: I think Shang Chi is definitely a better film overall, mm-hmm. but it best. hasn't stuck with me that much either. Um, I think my favorite this. I think my favorite this phase has been Doctor Strange: The Multiverse of Madness which might seem nuts, but it's the only one I've watched twice because mm. um, I just found it that entertaining. Uh, but that speaks to the problem with Phase 4 where it, uh, so much of it has not felt like it's amounted to a whole yeah. lot. Mm. And that is difficult. when we, It's just difficult when we've come off building, 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 building stakes 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 and and characters and relationships building to get to a point we had that amazing emotional climax and Endgame and even oh and Spider-Man far from home would would is was great this phase as well um no way home no way home sorry but um but yeah it just it doesn't feel like it's amounting to anything yet cuz it's not coming together in a particularly cohesive way Loki really is the best part of of, of, of this, this phase. phase yeah 100% yeah. In terms yeah. of execution as a complete product, I think it's the strongest from start to finish and emotionally is the most interesting. Mm. Um, with WandaVision in second and then probably Spider-Man and, um, Multiverse. and Multiverse. And then I'd probably put Shang-Chi. Wakanda Forever and Shang-Chi on the next tier. And then Thor, Love and Thunder. No, Thor, Love and Thunder maybe does go about. That's a shame to say. The more I think about it, the more I think that, yeah, Wakanda Forever is like in the bottom tier of this. I really Especially hope the
1: that, well, they should really be hoping that their next film, which I think is Ant Man, right? Vi- yep. Quantum Mania. Quantum yeah. Mania. Yeah. yeah. That film has to be giant. Like, it has to be a hit with critics and audiences because, ev- like, I think the word of mouth for Wakanda Forever has not been great. Mm hmm. And mm-hmm. I think everybody's having the same You could feel, you could feel it issues. in the audience
2: too. There were some people at our screening because we were seeing it the first night mm-hmm. who wanted to applaud at the end,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and <laughs> I f- I felt them like wanting to. Obviously, they were very attached to Chadwick mm-hmm. Boseman and this character. Um, but the majority of like the people I was seeing next to to my left, you could tell were ready to go home. But the, uh, the film was opening. Yeah, gone.
1: my audience was restless as fuck. Yeah, were people like. Walking in and out and talking, and I, Namor, when you saw him uh, with his wings on his ankles and stuff, got a giant laugh out of the audience. Like oh, that didn't I think with people, yeah, um, I think people found that character design to be really goofy, which I don't think was the intended like, no. effect. So, um, and I like he wasn't a particularly engaging. villain. I think I it was thought.
2: charismatic, but it, I. It just—I don't know—I found the ending very convenient between Mm -hmm. him and Shuri. Like you get to this point where you're basically attacking (laughs) another country, (laughs) Mm -hmm. and it outright like war, killing each other on the ship in the middle of the ocean. They're like, "No, it's cool, guys. It's we're cool, we cool, Mm. we cool." And like it just wasn't a particularly satisfying
1: conclusion, and the action just wasn't. And the some of the CGI was it was pretty rough. I found that was work. the
3: same with that's the problem with original Black Panther.
1: Yeah, that the Bla- final that,
3: fight in yeah. Black Panther was oh, not oh, good.
2: That's true. I don't think the action's any better than the original Black Panther. I just think um, T'Challa and Killmonger, Killmonger are just a much and that story is it's just so much more focused. It knows mm. exactly what it wants to do. It's built purposefully to be not just engaging story for these characters, but an engaging discussion about a lot of different things when it comes to like black culture um, particularly in America and like colonizing and all this sort of stuff um, this film while it's meditating on grief for the 8 millionth time in this phase of the MCU mm. and it may be in a more explicit and, um, and like personal way that the audience is going to engage with, with just because of the real world death of Chadwick Boseman it's just not a compelling story, unfortunately, mm. or a compelling movie um, from start to finish. It has its moments. It grabbed me here and there. I don't think it's overall bad, but it's... yeah. Did it's it make you jaggy. excited
1: for Ironheart?
2: It didn't make me unexcited. I liked Ruby Williams quite a bit. I think she was
3: underused.
2: Yeah, mm. she was fine. She was... Um, I made me interested to see if Angela Bassett gets a... Oscar nomination for a performance because she really was that good. Mm. Um, I'll tell you what, actually, my i re- I remember now what my favourite part of phase four was. It was the teaser trailer for Black Panther Wakanda forever. <sighs> yeah. I'm not I am not kidding. That thing is one of the best trailers ever made. That is that somehow two and a half minutes like resonates in you. The the mm. combination of the the cinematography because a lot of the cinematography when it's not action is beautiful like Ryan Coogler mm-hmm. knows how to do shoot a great frame and get great performances plus Angela Bassett's performance plus the music
0: mm-hmm.
2: that is a fucking unreal trailer that the movie yeah. could never live up to agreed um, even I didn't I wasn't all that impressed by Ludwig Goranson's score in mm-hmm. By he might be, Forever he
3: might be pulled too thin at the moment
2: yeah, well, you know, he already made the best soundtrack of the year with Turning Red anyway, so. No, you know.
3: no. Uh, Zen Grogu in the Dust Bunny. <laughs>
0: Good point.
1: <laughs> all right, let's leave it. Anything else you guys want to say about that, Panther? Uh, nah. Just that this episode is the same length as. <laughs> are we.
2: Finally, <laughs> we talk about this all the time, and yeah. we've tried to talk about our feelings about the MCU and, like, where it's going, and are we still excited about it? Are we worried? about where Marvel's going with this? Are we worried about burnout? Are we there yet? Is this... I'm...
1: I'm. Look, I don't have the burnout. Like, I will keep watching. But I'm worried for the wider community because yeah. all I'm hearing from everyone else is I think I can't be bothered with Marvel anymore. Yeah. And that's worrying when they've, you know, <laughs> built this so much content coming out. What's going to happen if everyone stops watching it? Like, do they just stop? The, to, to the, like, the major they scrap problem they have at the moment. Like,
2: the major problem they have at the moment is that just people don't care about the current focus of characters, hmm. except, I guess, people really cared about Scarlet Witch, and then they wisely, in my eyes, made her a villain, but kind of somehow like alienated the audience that loved hmm. Wanda in doing so. Um, maybe well, lo- I think the Loki char- season two might get people back in.
1: I think the character people care most about is Spider-Man and they don't have control of that character. Spider-Man, they've killed Wanda
2: for now. Um, Loki, who's on Disney Plus only, not in the movies right now. Yeah, I don't know how... I don't know... Don't think people care about Ant-Man. Mm. Um, make a Hulk movie? People give a shit about Bruce Banner. Mm. Maybe this Blade movie will be amazing. Well, it's been delayed. We don't mm. even know when that's coming out anymore. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'll keep watching, but I am. Oh, Guardians. Guardians 3. That's what will get people. If any movie is going to get people who care again, it'll be Guardians 3. Mm. It's the, that's, the, that's their make or break.
1: Yeah, if if they screw the pooch with that one, or game three, then we're in real big trouble. I think agreed. Yeah. All right,
2: thanks guys for being on this ginormous episode of topic, hot topic for staying so late. <laughs> I appreciate you jumping at the last minute, Liam. Thank you again, Paul. What's happening with um with your swapcast podcast at the moment?
1: Uh, so, our last episode was a teen comedy called Super Cool, which took the plot of Super Bad and then put a body swap in it for no reason at all. Um, uh, so, that's a fun listen. we, we Listen to us uh, rip it apart. Our next episode is going to be a Christian body swap called The Big Fix, which apparently is extremely incest heavy. So, um, that should be fun. <laughs> that for the trailer. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's about, like, a family of four. A mum, dad, brother and sister. The dad becomes the son. The son becomes the dad. Mum becomes the daughter. Daughter becomes the mum. And I feel like people have sex. And it's a Christian yeah. movie. Yeah. So, I uh, uh, I don't know. I haven't seen it yet. This is why I hear from, like, the reviews and stuff that I've read in preparation for the episode. So... um. Yeah, I'm excited like, to hear about it. <laughs> yeah. Me too. <laughs> if you love incest, then listen to the Suncast <laughs> podcast. <laughs>
2: Excellent. All right. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We'll see you next time with our review of House of the Dragon. That's coming next week, hopefully. Bye for now. Bye. Bye. Goodbye,
0: everybody. And so.
2: Planning for your next trip?